Revelation um, 12, verse, yeah, thanks, uh, Geraldine, yeah, verse 10, um, I've used the, the bigger print Bible here, sorry, there we go. verse 7 actually and war broke out in the heavens Michael the archangel and his angels waging war with the dragon and again the dragon is another name for the devil okay the dragon and his angels fought and that was something else as well you know just really the Lord um, witnessed with me this week and um, I'm not sure who I heard saying it but it it just reminded me again you know when we and I, I gave a testimony here on Wednesday night about um, how the Lord sent angels to help that man, Arthur, blessed. When we pray for angels, you know, don't just ask angels come because the devil has his angels as well. So, you know, always ask, Father, I ask you to send your angels. Mm-hmm. Lord, send your angels mm-hmm. from heaven. And uh, that's just an aside there anyway. So mm-hmm. the, the dragon and his, his angels fought. But they were not strong enough and did not prevail. And there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. So this is when Lucifer was cast down. And the great dragon was thrown down. The age-old serpent who was called the devil and Satan. He who continually deceives, <coughs> deceives and seduces. Say deceives and seduces. Deceives and seduces. Deceives and seduces. That's how he operates. He deceives people. And he seduces them into believing they are correct in their deception and they are not because you know that's how the vast majority of people fall into sin they get deceived and they think it's okay and they are under uh, the power of a seducing spirit that's what witchcraft is anyway he deceives and he seduces the entire inhabited world he was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. And so no longer then were they called angels by God, they were called demons. And that's where the demon comes from. They're demonic angels. And, um, you know, there's lots of people, you know, you see these things in lots of shops and, and things, you know, little crystal angels and all this kind of thing. Stay away from them. Because, you know, the Lord said in the, in the second commandment, you shall not make for yourself an image of anything that is in the heavens above or in the earth beneath or in the sea. You shall not bow down before them and worship them, for I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers unto the children for the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. God uh, equates people who make graven images and idols, statues and all those Buddhas. If you have Buddhas in your house, I advise you, get rid of them. Because you are opening the door to curse. And, uh, you know, these things uh, are, are not God. And they are not, they are not gods. They are false gods. Amen. And, um, you know, uh, his angels. So, you know, and a lot of the people who, who sell angels in their shops and all those <coughs> things. They are lovely, lovely people. But listen, you know, we are not, and, and I think we read it a couple of weeks ago, in Revelation later on, when John uh, was, was, was taken with the angel, John bowed down before him and the angel said, get up, because I am a servant just like you. You do not worship me. You only worship God. And, and people worship angels and they, and, and they believe that they're almost like amulets, you know, like, like, like safe things that, that keep them safe. That is not true. And, and, you know, you have to be very clear on those things. Anyway, in verse 10, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom, the dominion and the reign of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For, say for. For. Why has, you know, what has happened? For the accuser of the brethren has been cast down or thrown down at last. He who accuses them and keeps bringing charges of sinful behavior against them before our God day and night. And this is what the enemy does. It's like a spoiled child. And, and, and you know, uh, when some kid 
you know, gets a their nose out of joint or has a chip on their shoulder and they'll, they'll go back to their mother and their father then or maybe about their other siblings and they'll say, uh, you know what he did? Do you know what he did to me? Do you know what she did? Do you know what she did? You told her not to take any, any uh, biscuits and she ate the whole packet. You were wondering where they went? She ate them. You know, and this is what the devil does. He comes back and he's, because he's been cast out of heaven, he was Lucifer. He was the one who covered the throne in worship and, you know, pride was found in him and arrogance and rebellion. And, and um, we might read that in a minute just to, to clarify it. But now he comes and he comes before God accusing each one of us, God's children, of all of the things that we have done uh, in disobedience to God's word. Okay, that's what his main objective is. But I'll tell you, anywhere where you're hearing accusation and condemnation, that is not of God. And we need to be very careful, you know, and, and, and it's something we all need a good boot up the ass every so often about. Because uh, we can get under the influence of others who are doing it and, and start doing it ourselves. And, and that is not the nature of God. Jesus said, I did not come to judge or to condemn. I came to save, to seek and to save the lost. And God's heart is always mercy. And there will be a judgment and there will be a day of judgment. But that is, you know, in the, that is for that specific day. And what is going to judge people is the word of God. And that's why the devil can bring accusations against people. Uh, he, he's an accuser of the brethren. And this also goes for people who are hearing lies into their own ears about themselves. You're not good enough. Everything you do, it's not good enough. You, you, you should have done more. Oh, look, you did that. Do you remember there back in 1977 when you did that? Oh, gee, God is paying you for it now. You know, well... The thing is, is that when we come to Jesus and we've asked forgiveness of our sins and confess them out and renounce, you know, renounce the kingdom of darkness, we have been washed and cleansed in the blood of Jesus. And the devil's accusations are actually lies now. And this is why people, it says, the word of God says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And it's what Paolo was, was trying to explain there so uh, eloquently on Tuesday night, is that you will go nowhere in the kingdom of God unless you understand righteousness. That you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say that. I am, I am the, righteousness the righteousness of God, of God in, Christ Jesus. in Christ Jesus. That means, that means when, I repent, when I repent, I am forgiven. I am, forgiven. I am, washed, I am washed and cleansed, and cleansed with, the blood of Jesus with the blood of Jesus and made right, and made right with, God, with God as if, as if, as if, as if I have never sinned. Father God, Father God, you said, you, said you, have removed my sins you have removed my sins as far from me as, far from me as, the, east is from the, west. as the east is from the west. And that is immeasurable. You know, that's the thing. And, and you know, when God looks at you now, he does not see your past or what you were involved with. When someone has made Jesus the Lord of their life, he sees you. When he looks at you, he sees Jesus. He sees the blood of Jesus. But the devil, this is how he operates and it's how he gets a foothold in people. And where you hear people criticizing and condemning and, and, and speaking uh, ill about other people, I'll tell you, that's the enemy speaking. Yeah. And, and we need to be very clear of it. And, and you know, if you get involved in it or you, you've been under the influence of it, we need to repent of it. Yeah. And, and, and that's why the Lord says, you know, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. And uh, that means, you know, it, it's, it's an ongoing thing. And, and all of us are flesh and blood. And the Lord knows that. But anyway, the salvation, the power, and the kingdom of God, and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren has been cast down. And in verse 11, they overcame him and conquered him because of the blood of the Lamb. And because of the word of their testimony, for they did not love their life and renounce their faith, even when faced with death. We can overcome the lies of the enemy and the accusations of the enemy because of the blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that is how we can come before the Lord. You know, uh, 
you, you, when you hear the enemy lying into your ear or when you hear people speaking against you, you can plead the blood of Jesus. If you want to go backwards and look there in Colossians, it's the book after Philippians. Um, praise God. In verse 13, oh sorry, Colossians 1, 13. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. This is talking about Jesus. For he has rescued us and has drawn us to himself out of the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. You know, that's what God did. That's what he was doing at the cross. He was rescuing and delivering and redeeming his children out of the dominion of darkness and bringing us into the kingdom of his son uh, in whom we have redemption because of his sacrifice re resulting in the forgiveness of our sins and the cancellation of sin's penalty. Say sin's penalty, sin's penalty. has been cancelled for me, for me because of the blood, of, the blood of, Jesus Christ. of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And it says that Jesus is the exact living image the essential manifestation of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible, the firstborn, the preeminent one, the sovereign one, and the originator of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created and exist through him and for him. And it says in verse 18, he also is the head, the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn for the from the dead, so that he himself will occupy the first place in everything. For it pleased the Father uh, to dwell in him in the Son, and through the Son to reconcile all things to himself, making peace with believers through the blood of his cross, through him. And although you were at one time estranged and alienated and hostile-minded towards him, participating in evil things, that's where we were. We were estranged from God. And we were hostile towards him because we were involved in sin. And you see, no sin can dwell or come into the presence of God because God is holy. And so he had to deal with the sin issue and the sin problem. And how he dealt with it was that he came down himself in, in the person of his son, uh, you know, to save all of us, all of mankind. And it's because of what he did that we then have the victory and the authority and the dominion. And that we do not have to live anymore under the lies of the enemy or the accusations of the devil. And, you know, I think in one of them, I'm not sure which version it is of the Bible. It could be the NLT or, or the message or something. But it says, you know, you were alienated. You were estranged from God. And now he has made you his friends. You know, um, what a beautiful picture that the God who created the heavens and the earth wanted to be your friend and wanted you to be his friend. He wants relationship. And that is why religion is an abomination to God. Because religion is man's way of getting to God. And it is, you know, I'll, I'll do this and I'll make this and I'll pay this price and I'll, I'll try and, and work it out myself. And that's not what God wanted at all. He didn't need, you know, he, the, the, the Israelites, uh, the Hebrews, all their lives had given sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. But there was only one sacrifice that made a difference to God. And that was the sacrifice of his own son's blood. And by that one sacrifice for all time, he wiped out sin and accusation against uh, any of his children who would come to know him through that sacrifice. And that is why the blood of Jesus is so precious. That is why we break bread. It is to celebrate. It's not a ritual. 
And it doesn't matter whether it's water or tea or juice or a cracker or a piece of chocolate or a bit of bread. It doesn't matter what the elements are. What matters is, is the heart. And what matters is, is the understanding of the standing that we have, the right standing with God because of the blood of his son. And it is from that place of righteousness that we can walk in divine health, that we can walk in peace, that we can walk in, in, in all the blessings that Jesus won for us. And that is why he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His righteousness, the way that he does things. And the way that God does things is that he has translated us, each one of us, out of the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son through the blood that his son shed for us and made us right with God. And that is the gospel. And, you know, we have to be very careful that it is the gospel, that it is the truth about Jesus uh, and, and what he was doing at the cross that is the foundation of our faith. Because there's lots of people that have their faith in, in, in man. They have their faith in, in, in institutions or in, in a, a method or a formula of doing something. Um, they have their faith in, in end times. I'll tell you, there's people, they're obsessed with the end times. I don't think God is half as obsessed with the end times as a lot of Christians. I think that uh, what he told us to do was go out and preach the gospel, live the gospel, obey the gospel, and, uh, and operate in the blessings. You know, he's already done it, and, and we are to carry it out. And, and what we need to watch for is we need to watch for how the enemy comes to trap us, to distract us, to, to isolate us, uh, to make us of, of no effect, to cover and, and, and to crap all over you if, if you want to look at it, because that's what that scripture says. That the, the, the counterfeit power of, of the devil uh, in that word covering is to defecate all over something mm. and to make it utterly hopeless and to make it ugly and, 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 and pathetic. Mm. And you are not pathetic. You are an overcomer. Amen. Hallelujah. Will you say Amen. this with me? I am an overcomer. I am, an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. I, more than a conqueror. I, live I live in the kingdom of God. I am an ambassador, am an ambassador for, his kingdom, for his kingdom, for his government. For his government. I, walk in authority, I walk in authority all because of the blood of, Jesus. Of, the blood of Jesus. And Jesus. And I can do all things, do all all things. through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. 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 You know, divine health, divine healing is your right. I, I was seeing there, like I said, you know, this, this whole COVID thing is, 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 is blowing up again and people are, ah, you know, absolutely wound up and terrified about it again. People are wound up about, oh my God, what's going to happen in the winter? All oh, everything's going to be so expensive. And, and, you know, the thing is, is God has already got it covered. Amen. But the enemy is trying to cover it with his covering, Amen. which, and his Jesus. covering is defecation so watch out for it you know but you have been brought back blameless and holy into the presence of God and it is from that place that's why Richard is reading that scripture all the time you know from Ephesians 1 we are seated in the heavenly realms there is no shortage in heaven there is no oil bills that are going to be uh, you know not affordable in heaven there is more than enough provision in heaven. Amen. And when we are, are seated in that place and when we understand how we are seated there because of righteousness has been imputed to us. Um, if you look at me while we are in this part of the Bible, in, in um, Peter, I think it's First Peter. Sorry, um, it was in, um, in the other Bible. Yeah. 
First Peter chapter one. Is that where it says about uh, you were bought with an incorruptible? What verse now? Eighteen. Oh yeah, great. In in um yeah, because in, in verse in first Peter one um verse three there, will we just read it together from three down as far as um I forgot my glasses. Three down as far as nine to start with, and then we'll go to eighteen. Um, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that through the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, through it, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You know, the salvation of your soul there, um, your soul, um, I was actually watching a teaching yesterday by Derek Prince. Um, uh, Catherine actually sent me an excerpt from it and I found the original teaching. It's called, Do You Know How Valuable You Are to God? I'd, I would really recommend you look it up. And he gives the most amazing description of, of how God created us human beings, how he formed us from clay, um, and how he breathed his breath, his ruach, uh, into, into Adam. And, uh, you know, thus formed uh, out of the humble clay a man, uh, and, and breathed eternity into him and that is why our soul and our spirit are eternal our physical body isn't our physical body is the earth suit we wear on this earth and you know one day our physical body will die but we will go on forever Amen. in heaven with the Lord and uh, you know um, you say well how can you prove that well many people who have had near death experiences and um, have, you know, been taken and seen visions of heaven. You can read in the book of Acts about Paul, how he, you know, uh, saw heaven. You can read in the book of Revelation about John, what he saw in heaven. And these are real and true facts. In fact, Peter said it in Acts. He said, you know, we saw these things with our own eyes. We saw um, Jesus doing such miracles with such power that no, there's no natural explanation for it. And, you know, that's what the, is, he's speaking about here in Peter, is, is that the genuineness of your faith is being, is being um, you know, uh, through trials, is being brought forth as, as something far more precious than gold for the salvation of your soul. And your soul is your, your mind, your emotions, the, the, the very inner being that you are, you know, your, your personality, your character. And, um, and so... That word salvation is sozo, and it means total, um, complete peace in every area. Life, eternal life, peace in your mind, peace in your relationships, you know, uh, health and healing, strength, victory. Um, you know, and, and so that's what God did for us uh, by sending Jesus was we are victorious and, and the enemy is lying and accusing people, getting them to believe that they're, that they're less than, that they're, look, I'm doomed for this, for, for life. You know, you have so many people that have had uh, different various kind of sicknesses or diseases in their families and, and you know, they, uh, they're, they're expecting to get it themselves. They're expecting to, to, to get Parkinson's because their father had it or, or dropped dead because their father dropped dead. You know, they're expecting to, to uh, get cancer because there's cancer in the family. You have people who are going away and doing, doing uh, you know, um, full mastectomies uh, because they're frightened of getting breast cancer because uh, somebody in their family had it. 
you know, young girls doing that to themselves, uh, all out of fear because they've been groomed by the enemy and by his accusations and his lies to expect this. And, you know, what we just read there is, is that you are being kept by the power of God through faith in, in verse 5, that is, uh, for salvation. You know, God uh, gave the gift of salvation. It doesn't just mean eternal life. It means so much more than that. And so we, should, we need to start walking and start believing on this earth, the word of God to be true. You know, um, I was thinking about it there during the week. Abraham, um, Noah, um, actually, let's go read that on the way. Oh yeah, sorry, just to finish off, in Peter there, um, in verse uh, 17, let's say. I have them in the bag if I only just studied myself to get them out. Is it 80? Yeah. Um, in 18, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. See, that's the thing, is that we, I spoke that second commandment there to you earlier, you know, that the Lord said he's a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me of those who, who are worshipping any other God other than him. But, he said, a blessing for a thousand generations of those who love me. And Aileen just sang that song. You know, so there's, there's traditions that have been handed down in families, even traditional thought. Well, look, um, uh, my father used to have a saying, and, and, you know, this is just one example of it. He used to say, sure, I'm only a farmer's son. You know, and uh, like, I don't know what he meant by that. He was obviously meaning, you know, he was trying to be funny or whatever, like that he, you know. But the, the thing is, is that that's the way people are groomed. Look, I never had any education. I, I never really, you know, um, understood even. I, I never learned to read properly. I, you know, I only work this type of a job and, and that's all, you know, so th this is my world and that's it. Um, I could never really do things like that now. I'm hopeless at computers. I'm used I'll never learn how to do that. You know, all of these things, they're being received as tradition uh, from your fathers and, and not just your, your actual physical, biological fathers, but even from your spiritual fathers. And for many people who are watching the news day and night, they're actually being spiritually fathered and mothered by people who, who you know, they don't even know and who are, who are spouting out uh, recited passages that have been given to them by people who have a globalist, socialist, communist agenda and that are, are treating people like dopes and people are responding. Yeah. I'll tell you, we need to be very careful. I, I would chat, you know, of course you know what needs to, you need to know what's going on in the world, but I would say be very cautious about watching the news and, and take, you know, that's why Jesus said, be careful what you hear, take heed to what you hear and how you hear it. And you know, there are people who are being groomed and brainwashed. Somebody said there that they invited somebody to our church here um, and, and they said, I, I wouldn't go because I might be brainwashed. Well, what a laugh that is, because I'll tell you, the brainwashing you'll get here is the washing of the word to wash out that filth and muck that the devil has spat all over you. And instead to be raised up to the life that Jesus Christ paid the price for us to lead as overcomers and as more than conquerors. And I'll tell you, there's been people who've been spoken down to all their lives. And it's about time, you know, that I just heard the Lord the other day saying, turn out, tell the church to turn on the lights. Amen. You know, we are to arise and shine and Amen. let our light shine. And, and, and part of that, I believe, is overcoming this, this natural, uh, well, it's not natural, actually, this, this forced upon us kind of low self-esteem. Who am I? I'm nothing. I'm nobody. I, oh, God, oh, gee, I was the worst in all in my family. In fact, who said that in the Bible? You know, I think it was um, Gideon. He said, um, I'm only from the, the tribe of Benjamin, the small 
smallest tribe in the whole of Israel and I'm the least in my whole family and God said you're the one I've picked Amen. and that's what he's saying to you today you're the one he's picked Amen. he has picked you many are called and few are chosen Amen. and I'll tell you more people find it easier to back away from the Lord and to spout out uh, you know uh, cursing and, and mocking of those who are standing for the Lord and who are standing for righteousness and I'll tell you they need to be very careful because God's judgment is coming and there will be a difference between those who serve the Lord and those who don't there was light in Goshen and there was darkness in Egypt there was plenty of water and fresh water in Goshen and there was blood in the water in Egypt and people need to be very clear about what side of the fence they're standing on and I, I, I really you know I'm, I'm telling you I feel this and, and, and there is a tidal wave coming of the glory of God. And there will, that tidal wave will carry people uh, into the destiny that God has for them. But I'll tell you, there'll be many who will drown in that tidal wave. Because God will not put up with that crap anymore. And Christians need to wake up and to see, you know, like they always say, wake up and smell the coffee. Because, uh, you know, for so long, even people have, have, have allowed... Uh, you know, we've allowed people to talk down to us and, and, and allowed the enemy to accuse us constantly. Um, we were redeemed with something that's far more precious, the incorruptible blood of Jesus Christ. And uh, just to go back to Colossians, because I actually forgot what I went there for. <laughs> Sorry, I uh, never read it. Colossians chapter 2, just to clarify for you. Um... In verse 10, Colossians 2.10. And in him, in him, in Jesus Christ. In, and again, I thought Paolo really explained that so well. In Christ. What does Christ mean? Christ is not Jesus' second name. It's not his surname. It's who he is. Amen. He is the Christ, the Messiah. And what that means is the anointed one. And so we are in Christ and, and we have that same anointing living inside of us and, and operating through us. The anointing of the power of God and his Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. And so in him, in verse 10, Colossians 2.10, you have been made complete, achieving spiritual stature through Christ. And he is the head over all rule and authority of every angelic and earthly power. That means everything. That means uh, all of God's angels and all of the demons. Jesus Christ is above every one of them. And he has authority and dominion uh, over them. And thus, because he lives in us, we have authority and dominion over them. That's why Jesus said in Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give you authority to trample on Satan, on his snakes and his scorpions, and to overcome all the powers of the enemy. It's why he said in Psalm 91, You will not fear those serpents. You will tread on them. You know, you will, those, those young lions and serpents, you shall trample them underfoot. You know, uh, what we should be seeing in our everyday lives is that, that we are constantly bouncing on those negative thoughts and those negative circumstances or situations that the enemy is trying to, to, to defecate and cover us with and, and, and hold you down and, and hold your family down more to the point. You know, and, and uh, praise God, where are we? Go back. In him you have been made complete. And he is the head over all rule and authority of every angelic and earthly power. In him you also were circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands, but by the spiritual circumcision of Christ in the stripping off of the body of the flesh, the sinful carnal nature. Praise God. That's what circumcision means. We are to be circumcised. That's stripping off the, the, the old ways, the old mindsets, the old thinking. You know, not just stripping off the sin, but because, you know, most people who, 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 who love the Lord and who obey his word, they really genuinely do. But it's, it's stripping off those mindsets. Uh, you know, that sort of way that the devil will try and box you in and keep you covered and keep you from being able to break out and walk in the victory that Jesus paid for. 
having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him to a new life through your faith in the working of God as displayed when he raised Christ from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with Christ, having freely forgiven us all our sins, having cancelled out the certificate of debt consisting of legal demands which were in force against us and which were hostile to us. And this certificate he has set aside and completely removed by nailing it to the cross. When he disarmed the rulers and the authorities, those supernatural forces of evil operating against us, he made a public example of them, exhibiting them as captives in his triumphal procession, having triumphed over them in, by the cross. That's another version says, he wiped out the whole handwriting of the law that was against us. And, you know, many people are still operating in a religious mindset of beating themselves up that they're not worthy because of, like I said, something that they did back in, the, in, in, in you know, 1930 or 1987 or, or, or even three days ago. And the thing is, is that we come to the blood of Jesus. Now, we do not go out and habitually sin. Listen, somebody who's doing that, they need, they need to be delivered from that because that sin is holding them in bondage. But what you do is, you know, you mess up, you make a mistake. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I come to your blood today and I thank you for cleansing me of that sin in Jesus' name. And then you walk on and leave it behind. But what the enemy will do is he tries to hang it over somebody. And for people who don't understand righteousness, that's what he does. That's how he operates. Remember when you did this? If anybody found out about that, oh, you know, and what happens then is that people start being hostile towards themselves and holding unforgiveness towards themselves and towards others. Listen, it, the, the word of God is quite clear. We are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our mind and all our strength. And we are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Amen. Do our neighbors tick you off from time to time? I'm not talking about your physical neighbors. I mean all the people living in your, in your circle. Do they tick you off? Of course they do. Do they hurt you and wrong you or betray you? Of course they do. We're all human beings. What we're supposed to do is forgive them. You need to go and you need to sort it out and forgive them and release them. And if they won't, you know, you need to just walk away from it. The word of God is quite clear in Timothy and in Jude. You know, you need to be very careful about people who are walking in offense with you. Do not keep going back for more whippings. If people are walking in offense towards people in your family, you need to speak it out straight and say, you get that sorted or I'm not having anything to do with you anymore because I am not coming under the influence of that offense. I am not coming under it and refuse it. it it's very important. Offense is one of the biggest causes of sickness and disease and all kinds of family problems. Bitterness and offense. And it leads to, to a spirit of murder being released. It's quite clear in, in, in Matthew's gospel. When Jesus spoke about the end times, he gave a very clear teaching. And uh, if you want to go back over it again, John Bevere does a great teaching on that. It's called the bait of Satan. Okay, but uh, here, all those... Uh, debts, all that handwriting of the law was wiped out so that we could be forgiven and made right with God. And it is from that place that we can operate in the righteousness of God and uh, receive the blessings that Jesus won for us. That's why he said, seek first the kingdom of God, his way of doing things, his way of being right, and all of these things shall be added unto you in Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. Amen. And... Um, Praise the Lord. Don't be a slave to people's opinion. Don't be a slave to what people are thinking about you. Because, you know, no matter whether you do right or whether you do wrong, they're going to talk about you anyway. That's, the sh that's actually the truth. Whether, you, you know, when you start trying to please people, that's the biggest trap. Because... Um, you know, and you'd often find it. You'd go in and you'd do something where, where maybe you'd cause some kind of, um, you know, conflict in yourself just to please somebody. And, you know, it still didn't work out. And you say, all I did was try to 
make them all happy. And where am I now? I'm the bad one in the middle. And, and that's the way it works, you know, but just don't be a slave to what people think. Um, praise God. I think we'll just break bread and... Um, thank you, Jesus. In, in Hebrews chapter 11, um, it's that, you know, famous great scripture. Actually, um, in Hebrews chapter 10, just before it, it says in uh, verse 35, Do not fling away your fearless confidence, for it has a glorious and a great reward. And, uh, you know, I would say to you, don't get accustomed um, you know, to living, to living small, because you have need of patient endurance to bear up under difficult circumstances without compromising, so that when you've carried out the will of God, you may receive and enjoy to the full what is promised. For yet in a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. This is still um, Hebrews 10 before we get to 11. But my righteous ones, the ones justified by faith, shall live by faith. And if he draws back or shrinks back in fear, my soul is no delight in him. But our way is not that of those who shrink back to destruction. But we are those who believe, relying on God through faith in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and by this confident faith, preserve the soul. Here again, it's talking about the soul. And, you know, with so many things that go on in life, what happens is, where do you feel it? Like, you feel it in your head. And, and in your mind and your emotions, you know, your emotions are, are pulled up and pulled down and, you know, frightened or, or, or angry or, or whatever. This is how the enemy plays with our emotions. But our faith in Jesus and, and, and by holding on to that faith, not casting away our confidence in him, but walking in that faith actually preserves the soul. And in Psalm 23, you know, he says, he leads you by the, the, the quiet streams to, and restores your soul and brings like a stability and a calmness again. It says in Isaiah 26, verse 3, uh, you will keep him. Uh, you will keep me. We'll say it together. You will keep me, Lord, in perfect peace because my mind is stayed upon you. Stayed upon you. Because I trust in you, because I trust in you, I will trust in the Lord, I will trust in the Lord. Yahweh, Yahweh, forever, forever. For He is, For He is the everlasting rock. The everlasting rock. And you know that rock of stability. That's what you know. And again, you know, that's why Jesus said, "Make sure that you build your house on the rock." Because when the house is built on the rock, no matter what storms come, that house will not be shaken. But for the one that's built on the sand, and the sand represents the one who who's, you know, has a foundation of something else other than righteousness. The fact that I am right with God and the devil has no right to accuse me. And, and if I'm not right with God, if there's an area that I need to repent of, I can come to the blood of Jesus and repent of it. And it's gone. And I need to leave it go as well. And I will no longer be subservient and, and you know, bowing down to the things that the enemy has been saying to me. And, and especially with, I would say to you, you know, things like um, diseases, uh, familiar spirits, or, you know, things that, that go on in people's families. Uh, all of them, you know, all of them, they all had a stroke. 
Every one of them. All of them, they all, you know, three of them actually had Parkinson's and another one had MS. God, it was very sad, very sad. And, you know, what happens there is that there's, there's a little seed being embedded in somebody's head. This actually could happen to him as well or to her. This is probably how that will play out for them. And, you know, what happens then, that's why people die. And, and Paul spoke about it in Corinthians. He said, many of you are weak and sick because you have not discerned the Lord's body. And, you know, and you are totally ignorant of his word. And you're doing this. You know, there's, there's millions of people today that are taking communion in churches all over the world. They haven't one clue of what they're doing. They're going up, parading up and down uh, there in churches. They, they hate their sisters and their brothers. They hate their neighbors. They think that the person who's preaching is, is an awful idiot altogether. And yet, you know, they're like, mm, so perfect. They're, I'll tell you, they're opening the door for complete curse and destruction in their lives. And they wonder then what's wrong. And they blame God, oh, you know. That's the laugh of it all. <clears throat> it says here in verse in chapter 11, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is. Your faith is now. Your faith is present and, and it needs to be constantly in the now. It needs to be in the present. Your faith is not in something that you heard 40 years ago. Your faith is not in something, you know, that's why we need to, to uh, study the word of God. And I would encourage you, open your Bible. And somebody, uh, a, a lovely, really honest person, an honest lady said to me during the week, you know what I discovered was that I was listening to teaching after teaching after teaching. And I was actually not reading the word at all. And I said, that's something that we, we often find you know, I find myself as well. You have to be very careful. Is it the word of God you're reading? Or is it, you know, because what happens when we listen to teaching after teaching is we start elevating men. And anywhere man is elevated is, is trouble. You know, we do not elevate men. We elevate Jesus. Amen. Jesus is king. And, and his word, and he is speaking to us. And he's speaking to you. And he will always speak to you. And, and that's why people are, you know, you got this real excitement and passion in people when they, you know, the Lord speaks a word to them from the Bible. Oh God, I can't believe that he actually said that, you know, or would that be right now? And you say, absolutely, he's speaking to you. God is speaking through you. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's like a little child then. And, and that's, that's why Jesus said, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you must become like one of these little children. And, and to have childlike faith and trust in Jesus and to know that he's speaking to you. And he is. And all he asks of you is to open your mouth. That's all. He said, open your mouth and I will fill it. So faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And, you know, it goes on there in chapter 11 to tell about all these great... Um, men and women of God who had faith in God. They had no social media, they had no YouTube, they had no teachings, they had no Bible even. You know, they had the Torah, the scrolls. Abraham didn't. And, 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 and yet God spoke to him and it says that Abraham was his friend. And, and he wants to be your friend. He wants to have that relationship with you where you are in him and him in you and walking then victorious and stop listening to the lies of the enemy. Amen? So let's break bread and finish.
Thank you.